1: Powell Pies. Slowing economic momentum and coal for Christmas? Welcome. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Let's get right to it. I'm Danny Clayton. Glad to have you here. Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management in the studio. Welcome. It's great to be here. And we got Dave Spano, our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management.
2: Yeah, thanks, Danny. And we did have a nice close on Friday, up more than 250 points, and so much data that goes into that. Danny set it up with the Powell pause, and we have talked about this in the past, but there is some more
3: information that came out this week that we thought we'd like to share yeah so when F- chair powell spoke on friday The markets really liked what he said. Basically, he sat down in front of a bunch of college students and told them that he thought monetary policy was well into restrictive territory. That means that he's probably not contemplating pushing for further rate hikes. So it really does boil down to how long will this pause be? Is it a pause that refreshes or is it a pause that's just going to create more damage for the overall economy? And that's what we're going to have to watch as we go into 2024.
2: There is certainly a lot of economic Brian, who are starting to talk about rate cuts
3: in 2024, but that's a dual-edged sword. It really is, because in the past, when the Fed has cut rates, it's because they've already held rates high for too long, too much damage was done, and so they had to reverse course. Now, there are a couple instances in history where the Fed has actually gotten it right. Who knows? Maybe this will be one of them. It remains to be seen. But in 94 to 95 and then in 98, the Fed, they had a pause and then they cut rates a little bit because they actually noticed ahead of time that the economic momentum was fading too fast. We have to see how preemptive the Fed is going to be. So far, Chair Powell hasn't really talked too much about trying to be preemptive or proactive about trying to get in front of an economic slowdown.
2: And that's generally not their what what they do. They look at facts and they which is really looking in the rear-view mirror, but we did get some data this week that could help that his argument
3: and that was really what came out of what's called the beige book. Yes, so the be- each book is this collection of anecdotes from around the United States, 12 Federal Reserve districts. Six of those districts said that economic activity actually fell. Now, that's just a one-month snapshot, so a lot of people like to look at, you know, uh, an economic contraction of multiple months. It has to be really prolonged to count as a recession. But this was one of the first times that the Beige Book, in a long time, said that there's actually been an economic contraction across a rather broad swath of the U.S. economy. And you take a look at that, and you try to
2: to align that with really what's happening. When the consumer still is spending, we're seeing the spending reports that came out from Black Friday and Cyber Monday— And it really doesn't align with that beige book, though.
3: No, it doesn't. You know, the consumer has, I think, befuddled a lot of economists as far as how strong spending has been. Black Friday sales at brick and mortar, that is, if you go to a physical store, was only up about two and a half percent year over year. Most of the time you would expect that to be up significantly more. Online, however, was up close to about eight percent year over year. So there is this growing divide in the retail space that continues. You know, I'd like to think that with my shopping that most of it is online i I like the convenience having things delivered i kind of minimize the things i need to go to a store because i don't like dealing with parking but you know i think a lot of people are still going out to those stores looking for the discounts that was another thing in the beige book that was pointed out consumers are becoming increasingly more price sensitive and so if the price in the store is cheaper than what you can find online people are still willing to truck through that parking lot to get through the doors Spano <laughs>
2: clearly is doing her part of it. She came in and I said, what's going on? She says, I'm just trying to keep the economy going. I do listen to the show, she said. And finally, I just want to get to this last thing, which is another economic number, which is called the PMI. We saw a number that came out of the Chicago PMI, which was rather positive.
3: Yeah, it was. And that's another interesting thing. You have these regional divergences where Chicago Purchasing Manager Index, hey, it's positive. But then we also then got the Institute of Supply Management's, which is broader for the whole United States, still being in contraction. You've gotten Richmond uh, numbers, Dallas numbers, all these areas. So really, is it a recession or maybe it really depends on which industry you're in and which area you live in?
1: Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist, Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano is our President and CEO. We've got them for the rest of the show. What we do is investment and retirement planning, tax planning. We do estate planning. We do those four things as a fee-only fiduciary. Our week in review is just one aspect of Annex Wealth Management. This show, great sample of what we do on behalf of our clients. We can do the same for you. It's important, especially with 2024 right around the corner. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, December 3rd. Gonna be right back, 92.5 Fox News. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've analyzed thousands. Some reflect diligence and fortitude. Others, a mishmash of overlapping investments. When Annex reviews your portfolio, we spot what works, what might not, and then provide unbiased suggestions free from sales commissions. Every portfolio tells a story. Let's work on yours. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. As a fee-only fiduciary, that's our story. Head to AnnexWealth.com. We are back. We often say, check us out on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Want to call your attention to some brand new videos at the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, planning for an inheritance, millionaire myths, and financial planning for medical professionals. Those are things that we help our clients with, and we can help you. Just head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. In the studio, Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management, Despino, President and CEO.
2: Yeah, thanks, Danny. You know, Brian, probably... 20 years ago, we started using ETFs or exchange trade Mm -hmm. funds. And that really, we were on the vanguard of things back then, if you will. We started to use them. And it's really become this predominant way that people are investing for, you know, there's a lot of benefits to Mm -hmm. it. There's no question about it, you know, transparency and low cost. But you really have to know what you own. And I know I Mm -hmm. pound the table on that pretty often. But if you look, for example, just across asset classes, the divergence between performance is really amazing. You look at, for example, what the NASDAQ has done year-to-date, up 46%, and compare that, for example, to other particular industries, and you're like, well, I'm not getting that. So the ETF complexion is so important.
3: It really is. And we do use ETFs. There are certain tax efficiencies with those as well that uh, we really appreciate the ability to trade them intraday. And let me just jump in. We use them as one of the tools. We use
2: individual securities. We use individual bonds. We use mutual funds. No load world-class funds where appropriate. But we do use ETFs. I'm just trying to yep. draw people's attention to all
3: in or all one product is something to be aware of. That is because you look at the ETF and a lot of times people look at them as though it's like a stock and it's not, it's a collection of, of securities and then what is actually in there. For example, you had mentioned about like the NASDAQ, right? There are actually different NASDAQ indices. When you look at the financial media and they talk about NASDAQ, is it every stock that trades on that exchange? Or is it uh, this particular one, the NASDAQ 100, which is just the top 100, which tends to be very, very large cap companies, so very big companies, more in the technology space. That has done incredibly well year to date. But I would also have to point out the last two years, it's actually gone nowhere. So even though it is the big winner year to date, it was kind of a loser last year.
2: And you look at the ETF construction, for example, let's talk about small caps for just a minute. Mm. You know, a lot of that ETF, you have to go in what's in that portfolio. A lot of people don't do that work, but some of those companies are losers, uh, year to date, and even in the last couple of years, it, you know some companies take them out of their ETFs, and yep. some don't. If you add those losers back in, the PE ratio goes through the
4: rough.
3: Yeah, we've done some analysis on that, looking at two popular small cap indices that are available as ETFs. One is from the Russell 2000, and so as you would imagine, 2,000 small companies, upwards of 40 to 45 percent of the companies in there don't make profits; they're not profitable. Whereas if you look at something like the S&P 600 which is another index, they actually have somewhat of a profitability filter as far as determining which companies count as far as going in there. So you take the 2,000, whittle it down to about 600 of them. The vast majority of those are profitable. And so you do have to ask the question is, how important are those profits? Now, the market oftentimes doesn't care about current profitability. It's about what's going to happen in the future, what's the growth rate for that. So there are periods where the profitable ones can underperform. But when we look at the valuation, of those, I don't know. There's a little bit of comfort in investing in the profitable ones as opposed yeah. to the unprofitable ones. That's kind of ones. the
2: idea, right? The mother's milk of a stock moving is the profitability. You know, one of the things that we're going to do at the end of the show, Danny, is talk about Charlie Munger, folks. Charlie Munger was the vice chairman uh, for for Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway, and he unfortunately passed away this past week at the ripe old age of ninety nine. You know, and mm. so he's he's had a great life. But one of the things that he did, Danny, is Had unbelievable sayings. And we're gonna try to cover those in in the last part of the show here. But you'll remember, for example, Brian, they used to have this event in Omaha every year. We used to call it the Woodstock for financial
3: geeks. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So I remember actually, I think I had some relatives who went to the actual Woodstock. I don't think they would have gone to the Woodstock of financial geeks down there in Omaha. A little bit different crowd there, I think.
1: It was like the price is right meets Woodstock. I've seen (laughs) it. I mean people dress up. Have a great time. We're going to talk about Charlie Munger toward the end of the show. Is the good life in retirement about money? Yes, and maybe not so much. What are three keys to happiness in retirement? We're going to take a break, and we're going to be back with that. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Do you cringe when you look at your high school pictures? So much has changed. From your hair, there might be less or a completely different color, to the innocence of your smile. We grow up and learn the world is bigger than we thought. It's the same with your money. Your views of wealth, legacy, and taxes have all grown up. Has your financial plan? Take a proactive approach. Get an Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Strategy review. Visit annexwealth.com/slash TaxSmart. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? You know, this segment might be a shocker to those of you who aren't retired yet. If you're currently retired, please play along because you know how it really goes. And if that sounds mysterious, that's okay. To add to the mystery or perhaps unwind it a little bit, we're joined by Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Deanne. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's set the stage. There was a panel discussion dedicated to, quote, finding happiness in retirement. It gathered thought leaders, but it also included an actual retiree who added reality to the discussion. And the bottom line is happiness in retirement might not come from what you think it does.
4: Experts state three things critical in common having enough money having relationships with peers and community and having good health
1: may i ask you to read what this regular person who was at this conference said when he addressed everyone
4: absolutely this is a quote when you plan for retirement it's like staging a very beautiful still photograph the very first day you're in retirement it actually becomes a full motion video And you have to accept that retirement is not going to be exactly the way you planned it out because of a whole host of reasons. Now, that's not to say you were wrong or you didn't get it right. It's just like when we were at work. Things change.
1: You've worked with clients for a long time. Can I get an amen to that?
4: Yeah, it's a beautiful quote. Life is not linear, planners like to say. That's why we're always going back to the basics of the financial plans and stress testing those. It's not just about reaching financial goals, but life goals as well.
1: Okay, this was the Health and Retirement Study Assesses Trends in What's Important in Retired Life. It's a study of 20,000 retirees, so good sample size. When they analyzed life satisfactions, the study saw three core elements to life satisfaction. Deanne, obviously, this makes sense. The first pillar is money.
4: Yes, and having more money does make you happier because it gives you more choices. But that effect appears to hit parity at about four million dollars. Now, that's not to say having more hurts you. Of course, it doesn't. But experts are finding out that having more doesn't necessarily lead to greater satisfaction either. That's kind of the peak happiness.
1: We're talking about the health and retirement study. Three pillars. The first is money the second relationships with peers and community. You know, it's interesting to note that the study says all of these are investments, not just money investments.
4: Right. When you invest in something, and sometimes it's money, but often it's time and mental capacity. It's what you're willing to give up to get something for the future. Relationships, obviously, are an investment. Social networks can take work to create and maintain. It's an investment of time, effort, energy. And for many people, creative fulfillment is equally important. Retirement's a perfect age for that creative Side to emerge but you got to invest in all of them right you do yeah. you do and health is very important too if you've neglected the holistic health while working on your career then we might have a slew of other issues
1: right and that is the third pillar in the health and retirement study it's health
4: and that's a little hard it is hard because sometimes we think i'll pay attention to myself when i retire also people become ill they don't plan that right of course things change Deanne
1: Phillips is Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about the Health and Retirement Study. Deanne, how often do you see people hit retirement and then kind of flounder until they find out their or get their retirement bearings?
4: Very often because we have to remember we're not retiring from something as much as retiring to something. We have to come from an understanding of what we want to retire to. Life goals and financial goals are absolutely intertwined. Why is it or is it
1: even hard for us to predict what's going to make us happy in retirement?
4: Yes, because we have to consider the lifestyle around our choices. For a great example, buying a sports car. You know, we may think, gee, when i retired, I'm going to get that sports car I want. Now, just driving it around and having it might not be the key to our ultimate happiness. We have to consider that it's really kind of a lifestyle we're getting into, right? Maybe having a vintage sports car puts us in a club, we meet like-minded people, we have social events, it becomes a hobby, we need to fix it, we put more time with it. All of a sudden we're engaging our mind, our body, our social interactions around something we like. It's so much more than, yeah, I'm just gonna drive around the neighborhood, right? So it's really got us thinking through our choices and where they might guide us.
1: Is thinking that retirement is six Saturdays and a Sunday, is that a mistake?
4: Yeah, I'd rather have people think of it as a different job with fantastic benefits. So, huh. you know, going out to eat with friends or going on vacations or going to an event, these are things that actually can provide true happiness and retirement. We've been used to going to work and being surrounded by people and social interactions. So to switch that off and go into isolation too much can lead to depression it can impact our health it can be really culturally harmful too if we isolate too much so now there may be a period of time where we say i just need to decompress and that's okay too you have to follow your values this is where a discussion with the people in your life that are important to you about what your goals are kind of like setting a track for a new career or job it's very important
1: so is there a takeaway when it comes to managing retirement expectations
4: Yeah, we all have to remember that even with a significant other, as humans, we all have and we value autonomy, individualism, goals, mastery of something. It's important that we have our goals together, maybe as a couple, and our own personal goals as well. These are all very important discussions to have around lifestyle and retirement, both with your family, but also with your financial planner.
1: Everything starts with a plan, right? Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Deanne Phillips, thanks for your time.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Time for Ask Annex. As always, you get a question, you head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. You look for the Ask tab. I'm Danny Clayton in the studio with Matt Morsey, Investment Team Manager, also a CFP. Welcome. Hey, Danny. Fred Coleman is the CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Hey, Danny. First question on Ask Annex today. My wife and I each bought $10,000 in I-bonds in December of 2021 and another 10,000 each in March of 2022. Is it time to cash out now that the rates are lower? If we cash out, we probably will throw the funds into our HYSA. Any input is appreciated.
5: Yeah, it seems like it was just yesterday when those I bonds were popping and it was well Mm -hmm. above 7 percent back in 2021 when you bought them. And then they even went up towards nine because, you know, they're tied to inflation and now they've announced it's going to be around 4 percent. So they're not as attractive. Right. One thing that I tell people to always keep in mind is because you've held it for less than five years, uh, you'll lose three months Mm -hmm. in interest. So you need to ensure that you've held it for that full six-month period, and that may require you holding it for an additional three months to make sure you get that higher interest rate. The other thing to consider with I-bonds is they're not taxed at the state Mm -hmm. level. And Matt's your investment team does a good job with this, but you always tell us what the tax equivalent yield is when comparing the different options. So you do get some tax savings when you invest in those I-bonds. But overall, I do think it's a good time to look at alternatives. So depending on what the high yield savings account is paying, that could be a good option. Annex also has other cash equivalents such as money markets, looking at CDs, treasuries, all those things. uh, But now is the time to look at other options.
6: Yeah, I think you made some really good points there. I would certainly be doing the math on what yield are you expecting to get in the future versus what you're able to get now and another, you know, instrument like a money market, like you said, you know, also look at what your tax equivalent yield is, depending on what your marginal tax rate is, is, going to make a difference in terms of where you stand and where you sit there, uh, knowing that you're going to be exempt from those state and local taxes. That's not the biggest thing in the world, but something you certainly want to calculate and see where you go. You know, also just look at too if there's not a large difference in what that end dollar amount is. You know, it might not be worth the time to, to move that out for now and just to see how things go, knowing that there are maximums that you can put back into it. If we get a spot where inflation starts to go back up again, those rates start to go you're going to be limited to what you put back in and you might find yourself in a worse situation. So I would just kind of do the math on it really come there and then look at those high yield savings accounts, money markets. Maybe that's a spot for another section of cash that you have right now today, but knowing in the future, you could always add more.
1: Next up on Ask Annex, looking to buy a home, and I qualify as a first-time home buyer. When reading up on withdrawing money, it looks like I was able to take up to $10,000 on my Roth 401k and $10,000 on my Roth IRA for the home. I'm just confirming
5: this and making sure it's not ten dollars total from both. Yeah, great question. The thing to keep in mind is those are completely separate. The Roth 401k and the Roth IRA, those are two totally separate instruments. For Roth IRA contributions... Regardless of when you put the contributions in, you can take those out and you're not going to be taxed again on those. The earnings portion of Roth, they have that five year rule, 59 and a half years old. And then with the Roth 401k, you want to contact the 401k plan administrator to get the exact amount that you're eligible to take out Um, but it also depends on how much you have vested if you have matches usually they offer some type of loan or hardship type withdrawal for a down payment but before pulling that trigger you want to make sure you evaluate all investment options because taking $10,000 out of your retirement can really affect how much you have in the long run. So there is an opportunity cost.
1: Final question on Ask Annex. When diversifying my entire portfolio, should I include each child's 529 or should I see that as more of their portfolio and not mine?
6: Yeah. Good question. Again, you know, when I look at types of things like that, I tend to bucket them out in my mind. I would also do this with this as well, too. Knowing that the 529 are specifically for your child's higher education, I would think of it specifically in that way when you look at the allocation really more from a standpoint of how old is that child and we've done some of these 529 questions in the past of how old is that child and how much risk do you want to take with that set of money based on how many more years they have till college if you look at this as part of your full portfolio you might end up being on the wrong side of that where maybe you're not taking enough risk somewhere else in a portfolio so you take more here to try to even that out but that child's 17 and they're going to need the money soon could be the exact opposite where you're not taking enough risk in the 529 because in your Roth IRA, you're all equities. And so you try to scale that back. So, again, that math isn't going to work out. So, I would keep this fully separate from each other based off the kid, how old they are, you know, how important is this bucket of money going to be for their college? I would focus really on that when it came to that allocation.
5: The only thing to keep in mind when it comes to the financial planning aspect is if you do need to take money out of the other investments, just the cash flow aspect of it. Like Matt said, you know, as far as the investment and risk tolerance, those should be totally separate. But if you do need to do some cash flow planning, it can be included in your overall financial plan. Brad Coleman's a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks. Thanks, Danny. Matt Morrissey,
1: CFP investment team manager. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Up next, what are Henry's? And why can they use help from a firm like Annex Wealth Management? This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Do you cringe when you look at your high school pictures? So much has changed. From your hair, there might be less or a completely different color, to the innocence of your smile. We grow up and learn the world is bigger than we thought. It's the same with your money. Your views of wealth, legacy, and taxes have all grown up. Has your financial plan? Take a proactive approach. Get an Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Strategy Review. Visit annexwealth.com/slash TaxSmart. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Joined by Jeff Stanick, CFP, Wealth Manager and Manager of Annex Ignite. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Let's start there. What is Annex Ignite? Well, Annex
0: Ignite is it's an online service that we help our clients get to know us and we get to know them. And depending on where they are in their stage of life, we segment them either in
1: Ignite or our Annex Full Service. So you're the perfect guy for this segment. We are going to talk about Henry's. Can you explain who Henry's are and what are some of the characteristics of them?
0: Well, the term Henry is an acronym for high earners, not rich yet. So these are most likely college graduates earning over $100,000. But what's unique about them is they have a lot of student debt, a lot of consumer debt, and their net worth is not very high yet.
1: But they're on their way. They're saving, they're investing, but they're dealing with a number of young adult stuff. What are some common financial habits and challenges faced by the Henrys? And how does this impact their overall financial well-being? Because this is something you deal with with Annex Ignite. Right. We
0: We hope they're saving, we hope they're investing, but the reality is sometimes they're not doing either. What we tend to find is they come out of college, they forget about these student debts, and the first thing they do is they get a car. so they get this really big, expensive car. And then when they look at their overall net worth, their cash flow, all of a sudden, 70 to 80% is going to living and consumer debt and consumer spending, and there's not much left over. This is the high earners not gonna be rich if they continue on that path. Exactly. And so what we do at Ignite, and we do it not just for Henry's, but for everybody, we start the conversation and get an understanding of what are the inflows, what are the outflows. I always tell clients, you need to do a budget, even if it's for two or three months, just to understand where your money's going.
1: Right. A little discipline, but then you
0: can show them what the potential is. Right. And so, you know, typically they're working for an employer. An employer offers some type of savings plan. And in that savings plan, there's an incentive where the employer gives a match. And so the first thing we tell our clients or prospects is get that match, put the money away. A great way to start investing, but you got to stay invested. Exactly. And so as you're going along, obviously you may not be able to do that right away because your consumer debt is so high or your student loans are so high. But once you get an understanding, you might have to cut back in other areas, whether it's vacations, personal spending, going out to eat a lot. Those seem kind of simple subjects, but there are things we all
1: need to understand and we need to, you know, address. Oh, that chips away at it. Totally chips away at it. We're with Jeff Stanek, CFP, wealth manager and manager of Annex Ignite. We're talking about Henry's, high earners, not rich yet. They're at the point in their lives and careers where they could easily live like kings. But if they've got patience, diligence, and guidance from Annex Ignite, things could go very well for them down the road. And it leads me to this question. How do Henry's balance saving and spending, especially considering the caution many exhibit in their financial habits, which is, you've got to be disciplined.
0: When they meet with us, we use our software to put everything in there so they can see a projection. And then we work through different scenarios. And it's not a one-year, two-year plan. It's a one-year, five-year, 10-year, 20-year plan. Nice. So you can see in five years, all of a sudden, the goal may be five years, we're going to get that company match. We're going to be saving 10% of our income. And then we coach them up to say, in 10 years, you should be up to 15 to 20%. So it takes time. Changing any type of habit, they say, takes a lot of time and hard work. But if you could show it on the screen, the absolute potential that must get them excited. Well, it does, you know, and it encourages them. And then if they do become a client of Annex, Then we meet them a couple times a year and just do check-ins.
1: How are you doing? Are you meeting your goals? What kind of things are they facing? You talked about a little bit. Student debt, child care costs, lifestyle inflation. It's not so different from the rest of us.
0: There's so much thrown at them. I got to take this great vacation or I got to go to this great event. I got to go get the most popular concert tickets. And at some point, they have to make those hard choices.
1: Well, it's Annex Ignite, but it's not Annex Buzzkill either. I mean, we want people to live lives. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We want people to live life. We use a lot of math here at Annex to help
0: explain the message we're trying to get across. And a lot of times the math really shows
1: a clear path for people. And it starts with that Annex Wealth Management Portfolio Review, the wealth metric. Jeff and his team spot potential and then work to build plans that'll keep me on track and on the way to the kind of retirement you desire. Jeff Stanek is a CFP, Wealth Manager, and Manager of Annex Ignite. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Danny. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch every day. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Need to reach Annex Wealth Management, but want to skip the computer? That's no problem at all. Give us a call. We're at 239-350-6363. That's 239-350-6363. Let's talk soon. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We recently had an Ask Annex question about a number of terms you'll hear in the investment world. And we got back to him, but it occurred that a quick course on some of the terms might be beneficial for everybody. Who better to take us through that school than Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome, Todd. Thank you. Todd, you're well-equipped for this segment. You taught graduate and undergraduate courses in investments, advanced investments, and international finance courses for over 20 years at a large university. You have a Ph.D. in economics with concentrations in financial and international economics, along with a Master of Economics and a B.A. in economics. Did you have any fun
7: in college at all? Well, you know, I wanted to clarify something. I worked through all that. I lived across the street from the university. Odds of tripping you up on some of these terms are incredibly low. The first term we'd like to
1: define is one that's in the news often when there's volatility, and that is correction.
7: Correction, you know, you have to keep in mind that it depends on who's doing the defining. But it's generally accepted that a correction or a drop in the market is 10% or more in the index level. That's somewhat related to a bear market. Bear markets are markets that fall 20% or more. Again, keep in mind, the feel of the market and the dynamic of the market can be something completely different where you can have a 30% drop in the markets, basically like a correction. But a correction is normal. We see them often? Absolutely. Corrections you'd see a couple of times a year. And I'm glad you actually said that's normal. In the context of today's environment with the market, it's not corrections we worry about. That's just a normal part of the dynamic of the markets. Bear markets you got to worry about. The prospect of a market trending down 20% or more. What have you done to prepare for it? What are you doing to take certain action? Corrections, they come and go.
1: Everybody's heard the term recession. Most of us have seen a number of them. What's the definition of a
7: recession? Two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth or negative economic growth. That's the formal definition of a recession. Again, there's the more the look and the feel of it. You have growth, you know, recessions and things that are going on that might not by definition be a recession, but it feels like a recession. Even though the last one was a
1: long time ago, the term depression casts a long and scary shadow over most of investment
7: talk. Right. And so that the last time that topic came up was probably 2008, the dark days of 2008 and, and a significant decline in economic growth. And economic growth, it's similar to like we're talking about recession and bear market, recession and depression. Depressions are just deeper swells in economic growth than a recession. But the last official one was, what, in the 30s, right? Yeah, in the
1: 1930s. Todd Voigt, chief investment strategist at Annex Wealth Management, walking us through some of the often used terms that you're going to encounter. Often during our weekly recap of the markets, Dave and Derek will mention growth and value stocks. What are growth stocks?
7: Growth stocks are traditionally, and this has been around for a long time, high earnings growth, high sales growth type companies, high returns on equity to shareholders, that type of thing. But think of it as high sales or earnings growth companies. Value stocks are those that might be cheap based on some valuation metric. A simpler way to think of it, value stocks are those that pay really good dividend yields. And dividend yields is an indication of value, but there are other metrics used to determine value. Earnings season
1: is quarterly with a number of different data points. Are there key terms in these reports we should look at like
7: earnings or earnings per share revenue? Uh, absolutely. an earnings season is a time, for example, where you go through that in, say, mid-January to mid-February for the fourth quarter of the previous year. You get into April, you get into July, you get into October. Those are earnings season periods where companies are reporting the previous quarter's earnings results on publicly traded companies. The earnings number is actually pretty simple to arrive at. It's sales minus cost is earnings. So how does a company increase earnings? They can increase sales, they can reduce costs, or they can do both. Earnings per share is simply the amount of earnings on a financial statement divided by a number of shares outstanding. I want to make an important point about that. Because this ties in with the valuation of the company. And is a stock expensive or cheap? You don't look at a company and say, this company's share price is $100. The other one is $60. Therefore, the $100 stock is more expensive. It's just expensive in the share price, but not in valuation. So P.E., for example, price per share divided by earnings per share, per shares cancel. And you have a number, 14 20 if it was my sister who knows absolutely nothing about the market i would explain just look at the pe ratio as a valuation measure and it's just an absolute number it can range from let's say 14 to 20 like the market 14 is low 20 is high therefore higher than 20 market's expensive lower than 14 market is cheap same thing with an individual stock For investment, retirement planning,
1: tax planning, and estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary, know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button, start the wealth metric process. Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.
4: Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the headlines, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy. Head to AnnexWealth.com, click the Get Started button. We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com.
1: Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida joins me. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. So we were talking in the commercial break, and you said, "Oh, touchy subject. We're going we're gonna to talk touchy. about failure to launch. There was a survey that showed, and this is during the pandemic, almost 50% of Gen Z adults between 18 and 24 were thinking about moving home. 20% did. Many are still there. How do you get them out of the house, or how do you approach this we're going to talk about it. It's okay to get kids on their feet financially, but you got to put the boundaries in place. Robert, is this one of the things, do, you, do, do we have to, I mean, is this our fault, right? The boomers, did we create this? Are, are, do
8: we need to set boundaries for ourselves? You know, we did hand out some participation trophies that were probably not earned, But yeah, you know what, Danny? This is really a a hard topic to talk about because there's so many different things that go into this. Companies fail, you know, kids lose their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But I would not let anybody move back into my house without a business plan on when they were going to exit and how. As a matter of fact, my wife has gone far enough to label our two empty bedrooms, guest rooms, not Hmm. bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. So great place to start. So say that's going to happen. You're going to put a business
1: plan in place. You got to be clear about what expenses they need to pay. Does that include
8: rent, utilities, stuff like that? Sure does. Here's one thing, Danny, if your kid, whoever's coming home, let's sit down. We're going to lay the ground rules sorry, but you're going to get a curfew too (laughs) because mom and dad still go to work and you're not coming home at midnight and making the dog bark. You're going to have a curfew. You're going to be required to pull your share of the load. Even if all of that is not financial, maybe you cook dinner two or three nights a week. You do the grocery shopping. You cut the lawn. Just all those things, Danny, that go into running a typical household, right? Now we got extra person making messes, eating food, etc., etc. So guess what? Instead of just mom and dad, now we're going to divide everything by three, not two. I have seen some that let their kids come home and play video games, and boy, you're doing a disservice for them.
1: So do you create a time limit? We're approaching 2024. Do we say, listen, by next June, you need to be on your feet? Do we do, say things like that?
8: Next June's a long time. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, With the exit plan, I I mean, maybe they're going through a career change. Okay, what are you doing to, are you studying for for this next career? Uh, Are you doing an internship, et cetera, et cetera? But all of that would go into the business plan before I even let them in. And then with the exit plan, you know, sit down with them and say, how long do you think you need? So it's not a secret. It's not a surprise to them. We expect you to abide by what you think you need. And then you you both agree to it. Boy, they better start marching to it. I mean, it really can create strife in a marriage. Because one parent may be okay with it and the other one isn't. And you run into that, too. And, you know, Danny, in a different uh, past life, I ran a divorce recovery group for 14 years. So I've heard a lot of those stories. Oh, yeah. And it does create some dissension, even in marriages. Make sure mom and dad are on the same page, too.
1: We're with Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management here in Southwest Florida. So the kids are back home. What are the ground rules? I guess here's a good one. Stop automatically paying their bills. I don't know if that means that if they're on the cell phone plan, that's fine, but they got to pay you back.
8: Tell me what's free in the world, and I'll tell you something that doesn't have much value. We never put any of our kids on our cell phone plan. Gosh, I know I sound <laughs> awful. And I'm not saying that that's right, wrong, or indifferent. I think kids probably overcompensate on the technology stuff, so maybe maybe less is more. They have to play grown-up, especially because, you know, when you have 17-, 18-year-old, they want to tell you how grown-up and, and, and how big of a, adults they are. Well, okay, that comes with some behavior. Yeah. And, and bills. It's plain grown up. That that's a great phrase. How about rent? Maybe not full market value, but but
1: something. It's got to be something because I think they're well, it, they're costing hundreds of
8: dollars every month. The only place I know that has free rent is jail, <laughs> and uh, you know I don't think you want to go stay there. Here's just one idea: price a one bedroom or a two bedroom apartment, divide it by three, and say this is about what this would cost you what do you think is fair? And then, you know, you can work that in from there. But just staying and living somewhere free, eating for free, electricity is not free, toothpaste isn't, you know, all those things, Danny, are not free. I think kids feel better when they're earning their way. They know if they're getting a free ride or if they're contributing. The more they contribute, I think the better they feel about themselves.
1: Well, and folks, if you're listening to this and it's kind of hitting you a little bit. It's not that we want to be mean parents or we don't want you to love your kids less, but you're not doing them any kinds of favors and you're probably impacting your own investing and retirement
8: planning without a doubt Danny here's one other idea we're always going to love our kids I I always felt as a parent it was my job to raise our kids so somebody else would love them they would have those traits and things that oh my gosh you know you know these this girl is so awesome or you know one of my sons is so awesome I really want to marry him because you're always going to love your kids but and it's okay for kids to get some scrapes and bruises you know along the road of life because I learn more from mistakes in errors than I do from successes.
1: You and me, brother, for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Our website is AnnexWealth.com. You click that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, Branch Director, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management Southwest Florida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. You know, we talk about investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Those four things are pretty core to what we do. Up next, after a break, we're going to talk about what is and what isn't financial planning. It's going to be interesting. Stick around. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. At Annex Wealth Management, we believe every portfolio tells a story. After all, we've analyzed thousands. Some reflect diligence and fortitude. Others, a mishmash of overlapping investments. When Annex reviews your portfolio, we spot what works, what might not, and then provide unbiased suggestions free from sales commissions. Every portfolio tells a story. Let's work on yours. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. As a fee-only fiduciary, that's our story. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Brandon Lehman, CFP, Wealth Manager, and Director of Branch Development. Welcome back. Danny? Part of the process of working with Annex Wealth Management is our complementary portfolio review. We do insurance analysis for our clients. We have Wealth Metric, a great look at what's next for our clients. Tax planning is part of our service to our clients. Estate planning is also part. But, Brandon, none of those things is financial planning. Why not?
9: Well, it's really because if you're just looking at each of those individually, you're looking at it in a vacuum, right? So how does each impact one another? Prime example, for instance, is insurance. I'm picking on insurance because when you look at it, just stand alone, it might make sense or it might not. You might have had a recommendation to do X, but do they know about everything else? That's where you really need to take and start tying it all in together. If you think about it, all of them are important by themselves. But when you tie it in together, it's what's important to you. Not just important as a topic, but important to you.
1: You find that most people, as they age, they probably get insurance first. Maybe they're investing a little bit. You have insurance even in your 20s, right?
9: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean let's be honest. I have, a, I have term. I have a family. I have a mortgage. There's things that you have to cover. So we, we all start there. But then you have to think about how that impacts everything else as well. That's one piece.
1: Let's talk about another piece, which is investment planning.
9: So, investment planning, you know, we're all taught at an early age, you know, put it in the 401k, save, but how are you doing that? Is it the most effective? Is it the most efficient way? I look at, you know, are you getting the full match? Are you at least getting the full match? Are you putting enough to get that? Are you maxing out? What percentage goes into Roth 401k versus traditional 401k if you have that? But you don't know the answer to that. Unless you dive into the rest of the stuff that we're talking about today. You know what? And I called it investment planning earlier. That's not investment planning. That is just plain old investing. Correct. Correct. You're, you're actually not planning for much except save and retire. But you have to tie it all in. And all of it goes on all the different other parts that exist.
1: We're with Brandon Lehman, CFP, Wealth Manager and Director of Branch Development. We're talking about a financial plan only being as good as the sum of its parts. Unbalanced, it's
9: unproductive. How about tax planning? So that dives back into what we just mentioned when you talk investments. Well, it's investment planning, but what are you doing? Is it impacting your tax plan? Do you even know? Have you looked at it? That's the question where you have to tie it all back. Again, in silos, yes, it's good to review but how does it impact? The biggest question that we probably get from folks, and when you think about the accumulators, the younger accumulators especially, maybe 30 to 50 is, should I do pre-tax 401k or Roth 401k? And that's about it. And, yeah. and that's the question. Right. And, and my answer is, I don't know. And and they look at me kind of, well, what do you mean you don't know? Well, it, it depends. And then it, it depends because what is your situation? If we're just looking at it in a vacuum, well, sure do one of them. But how does the tax plan fit? And that's where tax planning is so important. But again, if you're letting the tax tail wag the dog, now you've gotten away from the rest of the planning you're trying to get done. Yeah. And then
1: the nitty gritty, which is retirement planning. And that's really where you start to need these things. But I'm sure that we've got some people that come into Annex Wealth Management and they've done the investing and they've got an insurance policy and maybe they've got a will and but it's still not a retirement plan.
9: No, it's not. And in, in a plan is a holistic approach to everything you have going on. It's tying in all of these different components. So the components of the tax, the components of the investments, the components of the insurance, and then the estate. You know, estate is something that most people kind of gloss over because, hey, I did that, but your life has changed over the course of maybe 20 years. My life has changed since the last time I did mine. I haven't done mine in a few years. And now we have three kids. So it's it's important to sit down and review. But when you look at the retirement plan, how does it all fit in? Because retirement planning is a broad category, but you as an individual household need to have one specific to you, and yours is different. For sure, it's going to be different than anybody else you talk to because everybody's situation is different.
1: We recently talked about the value of an advisor, and an advisor like Annex Wealth Management really ties all this stuff together. Because somebody comes in and they've got you know an armful of statements and maybe a, an old will that they've got
9: and all this stuff, it needs to get sewn up. Correct. I think that's one of the things I enjoy the most about when we start a relationship with somebody at Annex is it's gathering all those pieces and then – finding things and saying, hey, do you remember this? Have you thought about this? And they go, wow, I haven't looked at that in years. A great thing we just went through was an insurance review again with somebody and they go, you know what? I'm not even sure if we still have that. And then they look and they go, oh, wow, it actually is still being drawn from our bank account. Um, But it was a small amount. It, it It was something where they had seen it, they remembered it. But as we took a deep dive and started going down all these, you could call them rabbit holes, Mm -hmm. but that lead to one true plan at the end and say, this is what you need to do based on our recommendations and what we see as a team at Annex. I think a lot of people would say, I'm just really too busy. It's not
1: a good time. You can't be too busy. And it is the time.
9: It's always the time. Um, We have a picture in our hallway that talks about, you know, what's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago or today? You know, you got to start somewhere. And I look at that as there's no time like the present, because if you wait, things can change that you might not have been able to plan for, particularly uh, maybe a layoff, maybe a change in lifestyle, maybe a health issue. So if You can't plan for all that, but you can at least put it together and start discussing it. Put it together, all of it. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning.
1: As a fee-only fiduciary. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brandon Lehman, CFP, Wealth Manager and Director of Branch Development. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Danny. Do you cringe when you look at your high school pictures? So much has changed. From your hair, there might be less or a completely different color, to the innocence of your smile. We grow up and learn the world is bigger than we thought. It's the same with your money. Your views of wealth, legacy, and taxes have all grown up. Has your financial plan? Take a proactive approach. Get an Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Strategy review. Visit annexwealth.com slash TaxSmart. When you come to Annex, you get the whole team. That approach means you'll consistently interact with a group of experienced professionals who have key credentials, certifications, and knowledge in investment, tax, estate planning, and more. Visit AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button we're back. Quick reminder, this show is going to be available as a podcast at the top of the hour. Maybe you came in later. You want to hear the whole thing again. That is just fine with us. A couple of tax things. If you want to get tax smart, get the Annex Wealth Management Tax Smart Strategies Review. This is really good if you're going to come on board as a brand new client with Annex Wealth Management. We look at your situation. We assess your plan. We provide insights on strategies you might want to employ. You can get going at AnnexWealth.com slash tax smart. Also, Annex Wealth Management year-end tax planning guide is out. It's a free download at AnnexWealth.com. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson, chief economist in the studio. Dave Spanos, our president and CEO. I saw an article this week. The most frustrating tax forms that are out there are kind of the simple ones. And then there's one complex one. The W-2 confounds people. Come on, the 1099, both the B and the DIV, but the one that really gets people is that K-1. That Mm -hmm. K-1, Dave, you were saying is just it can be a bugger, huh?
2: Well, it can be complex for sure. First of all, where did you get the K-1 and what was the type of investment that you were invested in? And is it complex? And of course, that's number one. And number two, how is it going to go into your tax forms? And that really is things you want to look at. But, you know, Brian, there are some of these investments that people that, that, you know, we talk about that issue K-1s, but that's part of the conversation. If you have a K-1, that's something we want to take a look at.
1: I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. If you're a client of Annex Wealth Management, thank you so much. If you're not a client, the reason we're here is really to kind of tell our story and do some learning thing. And I think continuous learning is something that is really, really important. My dad instilled it in me. Dave, I think yours did in you and Brian, I bet for sure. And it's one of the things that Charlie Munger really believed in. Now, Charlie Munger was, I don't want to say he was Robin to to Warren Buffett's Batman, but those two guys were peas in a pod Running Berkshire Hathaway,
2: they were, they were, and they used to have these meetings every year, and the lines that came out, especially from Charlie Munger, and you know, God rest his soul, uh, was was just so funny. You know, you know, I just there's so many of them that we can cover, but here's one. I wrote a couple of them down, Brian. But a man who jumps out of a building is okay. Until he hits the ground. <laughs> I mean, these
1: are the kind of things that this man would say, so, right? So they would, they would describe Warren as avuncular. Right. And then they would say Charlie was acerbic. But he it was almost like that sword that pierced with mm-hmm. truth, especially right. when he was calling... B.S.
2: Yeah, right. A well, bit. He, he did call, call B.S. and he used to say about EBITDA. Sure, he said every time you see EBITDA, just think B.S. Right, oh, because uh, people will play with those numbers, it, which is, of course, you know, it's one of these things that we have to look at when you're valuing companies. Here's I'm going to hit you with another one. You know, somebody asked him about inflation a couple of years ago, and he was trying to argue that a little bit of inflation is good. And to that, he said. If I can be optimistic when I'm nearly dead, surely the rest of you can handle a little inflation. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, given that he uh, you know, saw a good 99 years here. Wow, that, that is incredible. One of my favorite things was watching one of the films of him. It was actually a live stream where he was sitting there eating C's candy the mm. entire time mm. that Warren Buffett was talking, and I think he went through an entire box of C's candy while That's Warren fair. was going on. And yet he, Charlie would come on with these like one sentence, right. very succinct,
1: but yet very profound right. statements. Did they invest in C's? They did. They yes, did. That, 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 was well, that was one of the big plus, ones. Plus, it wasn't Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Warren right. was a huge Coca-Cola it, He would guy. go
2: to McDonald's every day and get a Coca-Cola and he said he's just, he's doing just fine. <laughs> but just tell me drop a couple more lines on everyone for, for the humor and, uh, He said, the iron rule of nature is you get what you reward for. If you want ants to come in, you put a little sugar on the floor. And I thought that was classic. And, of course, everyone has a retort to that. But also... The guys weren't complete
1: dinosaurs either, right? No, I mean they, he, no. he not fans of Bitcoin, but no. they, yet they got into EV or cars Google. in China.
2: No, we, but he wasn't a fan oh, of. Yeah, Google. tell me that Google story. Yeah, there's something he went to Google and he he took a tour of it. After he came out, he said it was like kindergarten, because <laughs> yeah, everybody was you know sitting in, ba- in beanbag chairs and, no. and in all these other colored uh, these colored rooms. So
1: we're talking about lifetime learning. What was that that you were telling me, Dave? He he was just he he really felt learning.
2: Yeah, you have to be a voracious reader, and you know one of his one of his famous lines is go to bed smarter than when you woke up. In other words, spend some time reading and thinking. And they used to do that, the both of them, uh, on a daily basis, As they would close their doors and they read these newspapers. I'm looking at you, Brian. That is one of these things <laughs> that you do an awful lot of.
3: Well, I don't know. I've seen your door closed and uh, reading and all the prep work that you do. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about what we're able to do here for clients as well is providing that empowering education was, as far as w-
1: wherever you are. Was one of the things that they did, they really employed a lot of patience, Dave. Was that it? I well, mean, that happened to be part yeah. of it you
2: know you know he, he hated the fact of trading, they would find wonderful companies and invest in those. And it wasn't really wasn't about the price that they paid, it was did we pay a fair value for a wonderful company and something to that extent is one of those great lines. Folks, when you go through your portfolio, and I often pound the table about knowing what you own and why you own it, and really what I'm talking about is we see so many people come in during the week that have a mishmash. And what I mean by that, which is a very uh, interesting term, is they come in with all of this stuff, it might be from a bank, it might be from a brokerage firm, it might be from your former brother-in-law who sold you something, but we put it all together, and when you're done, you get this balance sheet. And by the way, if even if you don't do business with us, you have it all together. So if you get run over by the proverbial beer truck, you have it in one spot. You know where it is, and just that alone is worth the price of the ticket
1: but also don't be don't be ashamed that you've got the mishmash because this is what happens is you continue to work, you know, throughout your life and you're going to pick these things up, 401k here, maybe a pension there, IRA there. Yeah,
3: and honestly, we love mishmash. I mean, because it is a great place to start. It means that you care and that we can help you build from there. And that's really what it's all about.
1: So, we're sitting here the first weekend of December 2024 might as well be here. I mean, it's right around the corner. Can we get you in shape? for 2024 and beyond. Would you like to work with a fee-only fiduciary? What we do is investment and retirement planning. We do tax planning, we do estate planning, and we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. That's important. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button, and we will talk soon. We're going to be back here next Sunday at noon. Thanks for listening. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.